L-A-S. The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. Oh, hey there, bud. I'm Craig Johnson, the host of Creating Crap with Craig, the new bi-weekly podcast here on the LAS Podcast Network. Every episode, I'll be talking with a new creative person from painters to musicians, designers to writers, in an interview-style format with hard-hitting, burning questions such as, How are you? Do you have any pets? And also, why? So join me as I bully all of my friends and family into coming on my show so I finally have someone to talk to. Creating Crap with Craig will release every other Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcasts. And if you want to help support our endeavors, subscribe to LAS+. Plus. For information, go to laspodcastnetwork.com. Creating Crap with Craig, where we love both alliteration and creation. L-A-S. I can't hear the theme song. I know it's weird. <laughs> there's no there's no intro. We don't have a producer today. We don't have a producer. He's 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 absent. The seat is empty. The seat is empty, but we're not alone in the studio. We are not alone in the studio. But before we get to that, hi, Tim. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, welcome to another episode of From One Dad to Another. Thank you. You uh, too. <laughs> always speaking to you. Always speaking to me. Because I'm I'm in the room. It's been a little bit since we've been in the studio. We weren't here last week. Yeah, we didn't do it last week. We were here a couple of weeks ago, and we, but we had we had Halloween. That's and, right. Yeah. How was Halloween for you? It was good. It was. Um, oh gosh, we had a thing we had to follow up on from Halloween. We did, but I didn't. I actually didn't get the answer. You didn't. I didn't. From your I dad. For, I forgot. No. So you were going to ask your dad about a specific. I was going to ask memory. my dad, and so I'll, it's still homework for me. Okay. I was going to ask my dad about. The time I think I got arrested at the age of six <laughs> for stealing candy, right, and got questioned by a detective. But again, you know, it 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 could be made up, but I will find out. So I put it on my list. Excellent, I love it. And I was supposed to watch a scary movie with Liam, and you tried, and I did try, actually, <laughs> quite hard. And yeah. he had no interest, just zero interest, to, and not interest in in. Watching a movie. Just not interested in watching a movie with you. That's what it was. Yeah. It was a scary movie. He wasn't interested. He doesn't he was, love them. He was, he was teenagering hard. He was. Uh, yeah. I did still watch a scary movie, though. And what scary kind movie of. did you watch? Scream. Okay. Which I, I mean, I'd I never seen before. I mean, that's scary in the same way that, like, Cabin in the Woods is scary, which is actually my speed of scary. I have seen Cabin in the Woods. It has to be funny. It is scary, but that definitely has, like, a certain vibe to it it definitely energy. does yeah yeah well but again we, we we did cover all that on the on the halloween episode that we're both chickens and we correct. don't like super scary movies correct so highly recommend checking out that halloween episode we're trying to grow we're trying to grow as parents i'm opening myself right. up to new experiences right that's what it's all about and that's what this show is all about this is from one dad to another a weekly podcast uh, produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information on our independent podcast network, go to laspodcastnetwork.com. And this dot show. Com. Dot com. We did a terrible job of harmonizing. It's I a resolved. good thing we it's didn't fine. do it at the it's same fine. time. It's <laughs> fine. It worked out. Um, we're having a nice time, but uh, we have a guest in the studio. 
and and our guest is being very patient. So patient. Wondering what in the hell we're talking about. Waiting for us to work through our ridiculous banter. That's right. Um, it's Anna McLean. Anna, how are you? Hi, I'm well. How are you? I'm very well. It's a pleasure to have you in the studio. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's Thank you for having me tonight. So you and I met years ago um, through Lion Bridge Brewing Company, where you are a business manager and owner. Yep. And I think it was through Orchestra Iowa, right? Yeah, yeah. You uh, you organized the beer and brass there. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Those were cool events. It was loud, very loud, <laughs> but so fun and packed. So fun, so fun. Um, so those were great. I, I think Lionbridge is a fantastic community asset. And mm-hmm. one thing that I think I love the most about Lionbridge, besides the beer, uh, is your engagement with the community. It's something that we strive for here at LAS. Um, I think that our missions are aligned in terms of how we hope to elevate and engage the community. So yeah. I, I love what you're doing over there. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we um, we love hosting different things. And, you know, it kind of keeps it fun and engaging, you know, not just doing the same old every day. So yeah. <laughs> you two, Tim and Anna, had a chance mm-hmm. to connect before yep. we started recording. Mm-hmm. Did you talk about Rob Nassif's event? We did not. How did that not come up? Okay, because yeah. you need to talk about it right now, I feel. Oh, my goodness. So so I know Rob Nassif. Oh, yeah, you do? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I have performed in several of his shows going back oh, 13 years, I think was the last or the first time. I did. So what is this event? Tell me about this event. Well, we're streaming uh, uh, the Flight of the Lawn oh, Chair Oh, wait a minute. I do Tap know about Thursday. this yeah. event. It's on my calendar. Tim, you're in it. Because I was in that <laughs> show. I yeah. just totally forgot yeah. about it until just now. Thanks for the doing, reminder. we're uh, doing beer flights and pretzel bites, and you can choose to stream it at home and come pick up your, uh, it's a mixed four pack instead of a flight, and your pretzel bites and watch it at home, or you can just stay at the tap room and watch it there with all your friends, and we'll have a special guests and uh, just a fun evening yeah no i i now so i've been very very busy with work so i kind (laughs) of forget about a whole lot of things until i look at my calendar and go oh yeah and if i look at my calendar right now that event is on there because i'm very excited to come and see all of the folks that i did that show with and to uh to be in Linebridge. i think it's a great great place for the event so i'm actually really really super excited about that yeah, it should be fun. So just one of many great examples of how Lionbridge and Anna are, are bringing fantastic things to the community. Yeah, so yeah. definitely check that out. But believe it or not, you're not here just to talk about Lionbridge uh, or beer. Although, actually, before we move on from Lionbridge, yes. we had another great Lionbridge story, um, which was about <laughs> comfy pants, right? Yes, yes. So my wife loves comfy pants, like um, both the pants and the beer. Oh, nice. Um, And so we were in there this last weekend and I think last week also. Um, And she ordered the the comfy pants. Um, and but there's a story behind that. So where did the yeah. name for that come from? Well, actually, I uh, I'll take full credit on that one that I named that beer. <laughs> you should. You and, should always um, take full credit. Yeah. And uh, well, so 
you know, every time we come out with a new beer, we go through this process of like, what are we going to name the beer? And, you know, it's it, it, sometimes Quinn names it, Quinn's my husband, or uh, sometimes I'll come up with some ideas or we'll just brainstorm. And um, so this beer is a winter warmer, um, which is the style of the beer. It's called winter warmer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it usually comes out in the winter, as you would probably imagine. And it is starting <laughs> to get cold. There are snowflakes in the forecast. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> so usually we release it right like around the holidays and then it kind of stays around through January, maybe February, if it's still around by then. But um, so anyway, um, I have this tradition pretty much since I was young. You know, you come home from school, you come home from work, and I change into comfy clothes, usually comfy pants. And um, mm. especially in the winter when it's like, like flannel cozy. comfy pants. Yeah, like, totally. Like a, like a knit a jersey pants? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Both. Yeah. I, Both. I have a collection of uh, comfy pants, actually. You have, like a whole, yeah. you have a whole wardrobe full of comfy pants? Yeah, yeah. So, um... So anyway, this was before the pandemic and before everybody was wearing comfy clothes all the time. But um, <laughs> <laughs> some people still were, yeah. right? Right. But all those um, people who were still working from home. But uh, but anyway, I, I feel very uh, attached to my uh, comfy wear uh, when I get home. Mm. So um, so you know, winter warmer, cozy. It just kind of that's great. It, it does. It goes together. And it doesn't uh, like uncomfy pants. That doesn't sound like a good beer name or. Uh, a good pants. Yeah, no, I would call or those a jeans. Good <laughs> <laughs> I love jeans, though. I love a good pair. Of Actually, jeans. I do love jeans. I wear jeans like most of the time, but I'm I'm also a fan of a good comfy pant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'll wear jeans, and I'll wear my my boots and my jeans like from six in the morning until sometimes eight or nine o'clock at night until I realize that I'm allowed to sit down and stop moving. But then my my comfy pants. That's 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 when they uh, they come out. So there's a great yes. new beer for you. That's right, comfy pants. I love it. Uh, well, I love that you've joined us on the show, Anna. Because believe it or not, we're not just talking about Lionbridge today. Uh, we're talking about parenting. You are a parent. Yep. And uh, I actually reached out to you and asked you if you'd come on the show after I saw a social media post from you, uh, and I just found it. You posted on October 11th about um, an Abercrombie Kids model with a limb difference. And I reached out to you and asked if you'd be willing to come on the show and talk about um, children with limb differences, representation, and and kind of just sharing sure. your story with us. So maybe we start there. Do you mind sharing yeah. a little bit about your personal experience? Yeah, so. yeah. So uh, so Quinn and I, uh, we have two children. Uh, Aldo, who um, is almost five, he'll be five in three uh, in three weeks. And Sylvia, uh, who was born in April of 2020, in the midst of, of the mm-hmm. pandemic. Yeah. And um, and Sylvia, uh, she was born um, without uh, her left hand. So um, so she uh, she has a limb difference. And, um, you know, during the time when, when we found out, um, this was completely new to us. And we've learned a lot along the way. Uh, but pretty much since she joined our family, um, you know, it's been awesome. She was a perfect addition to our family and to us. And um, and I just, you know, I've, I've been educating myself a lot on, you know, awareness and dis, uh, disability inclusion and just like in disability overall of all kinds of disabilities and um, and just you know, awareness and how to raise kids that are inclusive, how to talk about um, disability and being more Mm. inclusive in all of our different situations in life. So I sometimes like if I come across something interesting, I I do post it on social media. I just I feel like I like to share that. And um, and I like 
you know, being open about it because it it opens that dialogue with other parents, with friends of mine. And um, and I honestly, I feel like just so honored to have been invited here to to speak about this. And, you know, and I think part of that was because of my openness, like on social media and you saw yep. it. And, you know, that's why I'm here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, this show is designed to serve as a platform for us to grow as parents. And a, the biggest part of growing as a parent mm-hmm. is learning from others. Yep. Listening is a kind of a huge part of our mission Absolutely, uh, is to, to, to uh, maybe amplify voices, uh, you know, uh, in, in the community, but that gives us an opportunity to listen to, to stories, um, to perspectives that we hadn't considered. Um, sure. and cause I, cause honestly, I, I don't have any personal experience, family history or close, uh, family or close, um, friends or, or anything. Um, where I've been exposed to kind of the issue of, of limb difference. I, that phrase actually is new to me. I was going to bring that up as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I had never, I guess I had never really put a name to it or had any, any cause to, was that something that you knew about at all prior to, or was that something that, how did you? No, actually I, I learned it through our, our own journey. Um, you know, I think it's definitely a term that is more on the positive side versus like the medical terms such as like birth defect or you know um I I feel like defect like there's just that word is like a little bit like negative you know in some ways um and so when I when we found out um after our 20-week ultrasound you know I I kind of dove myself into finding more out and I found a few different organizations that um that exist to raise awareness so there's uh there's one particular called the Lucky Fin Project, um and it's called that because uh, Nemo you know had a lucky fin. <laughs> oh right. Uh, he had like one fin smaller than the other. So um so the woman who who runs it, um her daughter um also has a limb difference, and they have, you know, a ton of educational videos, and then just different posts um, from different uh, families of children, and um and it just raises um awareness on on you know different kids and or just adults and people with, um, with limb differences. So, um, so that's kind of how I learned about it. And, um, and then since then I've connected to a ton of different people. There's just so many resources anymore Mm. online, um, and just people. And, um, even the lucky Finn project has different chapters and there's an Iowa chapter and I've connected with some people in Iowa, including, um, Nicole Kelly, who, uh, was Miss Iowa. And, um, and she also, um, you know, she uh, she's missing her uh, left hand, just the same as my daughter. And Nicole and I have have talked on the phone and, you know, have become friends since. And it's just uh, it's just an amazing community of so much support and um, and overall, you know, just books and resources and just tricks on how to do things, which I'm excited to, you know, once Sylvia starts like wanting to do things that, you know, I might be able to do with my two hands in a very, you know, way without thinking about how to do it with one hand, like tying your shoes, for example, like there's, there's like videos or like how to make your ponytail or, you know, things like that, that like, I feel like, you know, as a mom, you want to teach your, your kid how to do that. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, and, and I think like those videos will, will come in handy at some point. Well, and that, that raises kind of that, that idea of, you know, we, we take a lot of things for granted. So the idea of, putting hair in a ponytail or something there's just a kind of an additional challenge when you when you don't have both hands available to do it in the way that we do it 
then you just have to find what is the uh, what's the other way to do it. Yeah, so. and there are so many ways, which is like the the most fascinating part, you know. And there's like all these different adaptive tools that you can get, and um, that I had no idea about sure. uh, until now, for sure. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. I mean, there's so many resources already out there. Adaptive tools, I think, is fantastic. Right? What what are the things that help you achieve? X, Y, and Z in your life if you have a limb difference that, Tim, you and I don't even think about, right? Oh, no, yeah. No, it, it doesn't. You know, the the challenges that we might face as parents are are different, and that's just not one that, that we've had to, that either of us have had to, to navigate. And it's, it's, it's interesting to think about, like, um, you kind of Probably, I, I'm guessing, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're sort of always sort of on the lookout for opportunities to, to, to kind of assist or to make sure that um, uh, that Sylvia has everything that she she needs in a way that you might not necessarily have to. Oh, for sure. And even, you know, um, I found out through through looking online, like there's this other organization based out of the UK, and it's two parents who had a little boy with a limb difference. And they're both engineers, and they bought this like 3D printer machine. <laughs> um, and they now, um, they send for free the, this adaptive tool for little kids to be able to put their arm into like a cup uh, that, um, that connects to their bicycle or their scooter, so that they can um, they can drive their their bicycle or scooter with uh, with their arm and their hand on the other side. So um, so they send these little cup uh, adaptive tools to families uh, for free. You don't even have to pay for the shipping. You just have <laughs> to contact them, tell them that you have a child that you know, and then that you just have to send like a picture of like what the child's arm looks like so that they can kind of base the dimensions of the um of the tool uh and then they just send it to you which is i think it's amazing and um and then there's this other lady who does uh crochet little animals and she also just sends them for free like it's just amazing <laughs> how like this community is just like so supportive of each other and everybody just brings like their own skills to the table to make it just um awesome for the kids and be able to like thrive yeah. Well, I would love to, if you're willing, uh, zoom out just a little bit and maybe start at the beginning of your experience and your story um, with what it was like to, to learn that this was going to be a factor in your life and uh, and how you addressed it and what that all has looked like, especially uh, over the last year in particular. Um, how has that changed over time? And I, I do want to, before we dive into your story, preface just a little bit by saying we talked a bit beforehand and you said something that really resonated with me which was that you don't want to focus too much on the sadness of the story right yeah. because there's inherently an element of of sadness you said grieving um and i'll let you talk about that in just a moment um to learning that you're you have a child with a limb difference um or any sort of um uh disability or challenge or you know whatever uh, the correct language is to cover what their experience is um, but I love that you know it's it's not inherently a long-term negative sad thing it can be a very positive experience and and Sylvia is, is uh, from what it sounds like 
a wonderful child in addition to your family, as you said. Yeah, yeah. No, um, so we found out our 20-week ultrasound. Um, and then from there, we started seeing doctors um, at the University of Iowa. Um, those first few weeks, like from when we found out at our ultrasound from the regular OB until the point where we were able to get to Iowa City and get the high-risk uh, OB doctor, those weeks were very stressful. And as any parent, you know, you you know, when something unknown comes to you and it's related to your child, whatever it is, it's just a very scary time. And you, you don't want your child to go through, you know, anything difficult or anything hard. (laughs) Like you, you know, as a parent, I think we all feel this way. We don't want our kids to go through anything that's hard. Right. You feel very protective of them as soon as you know that they are even a possibility. For sure. For sure. So, um, so, you know, it was very, um, you know, it was very stressful. Like I remember just, you know, leaning into my family and my friends a lot during that time. And, um, and then just trying to read, that's when I started doing some research. That's when I connected with the Lucky Finn Project. And I talked to some people there and they all assured me that everything was going to be fine. But of course you just don't know. Uh, but once Sylvia was born, everything was perfect. She, you know, her APGAR score was perfect. She's, you know, she's met all her milestones. Um, she's, you know, she's a little go-getter. She, I have mm-hmm. no, uh, <laughs> I have no uh, concerns that she's going to do everything. Um, so I think once she was born, like a lot of our fears were, um, you know, dissipated. Mm. Um, I think it was more, you know, and even as like she turned when she turned one in April you know we were just like so grateful for her joining our family and I think she was just like the perfect addition to to our little family and and I you know I think I you know like the universe just sent her to us because Mm -hmm. I think they knew that we needed we needed her and she needed us I guess so one question I would have is since birth um has there been any change or is it it's just left hand no other um, things impacting health or anything like that? Yeah, no. So when before she was born, there were some questions that there could be something potentially, um, you know, something else. So, of course, when she was born, she had to have, like, a lot of extra tests. Uh, she had some ultrasounds, like, when she was a newborn in the hospital. Um, you know, they looked at her kidneys very, very closely because there's some genetic syndromes that are related to, like, uh, limb differences in kidneys, limb differences in heart um, issues. So they looked at her heart very closely. We had appointments in Iowa City uh, to look at her heart, to look out. We had genetic uh, testing done, you know, it was like very, like Mm -hmm. a lot of tests those first Mm -hmm. few months of life. Um, and definitely it was stressful, but, um, but after everything came back and she was fine, like everything was fine. So, um, so now, um, honestly, the, the only, I guess like the only fear I have now is just how the world will treat her Mm -hmm. and how people will, um, react to her, you know, more than how she's going to do. Um, and I think like that is something that, you know, as I, as we go out more in public, like since the, you know, things are starting to ease out after the pandemic and maybe in a way like the pandemic maybe was kind of a blessing because it was like, we were like, you know, we were kind of getting to know her those first few months and we didn't have that pressure of like just taking her out everywhere. And, you know, we, we were able to like, just like enjoy our time as a family and like getting to know each other and just like have her like a little cocoon. (laughs) And now that we're going out more, you know, like she sees other kids and, and it's funny because like a lot of other kids, like they'll see her and they'll come to her and, you know, they'll look at her and, 
maybe they'll even like comment on on her arm and um and you can see like the kids are like you know they're like very nonchalant about right. it. They're just curious. They're just curious, yeah. and and you can see like the faces of the parents that are just like mortified. And I always tell the parents like seriously, don't worry about it. Like <laughs> it's totally, it's totally fine. And and I always tell the kids like, oh, you know, like some people are different on the on the inside, and some people are different on the outside. And Sylvia is different on the outside. And and I think for kids that that's all they have to hear. And then they move on and they just start playing, you know. And and I think just talking about it and you know, kind of moving on is like really what, you know, it's not, it's not, not something that we have to like, you know, talk about extensively or anything like that, mm-hmm. but yeah. Sure. Just normalizing it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Let's take a quick break and check in with some sponsors. And when we come back, I want to talk a bit more with you about, yeah, the, the worldview, both how the world will view Sylvia and both how it has changed your perspective on the world as well, because I'm sure that it has. Uh, and especially uh, looking back at this post, um, thinking about representation and how your views on that have, have changed and grown and things that maybe Tim and I can continue to grow in and consider and, and keep in mind as we move forward as parents as well. So stick with us for this episode of From One Dad to Another, and we'll be back with you in just a moment. hi friends. Naomi here. Did you wake up this morning thinking, I need more Naomi ridiculousness in my life? Well, surprise! (laughs) I'm starting a podcast, and it's called The Ruckus with me, Naomi Ruckus Rose. This podcast is for anyone like me who is constantly trying to grow for the betterment of themselves and for the world and for those of us that can be a little blunt in the comment section on Facebook and Instagram. This podcast is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. But wait, there's more. This podcast is free to listen to. But if you want to support local creators and get bonus content, subscribe to LAS Plus. For more information on that, go to LASpodcastnetwork.com. So join the ruckus with me, Naomi, every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcasts. I love you all. Some more than others. L-A-S. I'm Jason Alberti. And I'm Lindsay Prince. I am a dad of two boys, a comedy writer, and I love medieval literature. I'm the mom of two girls, a comedy writer, and I love TikTok. Hey, we've got a new podcast. And it's called What Do You Want to Talk About? We talk about everything from almond milk lattes to xenophobia. New episodes every Monday. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What Do You Want to Talk About is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information, you can visit laspodcastnetwork.com. Hey, Lindsay, did I tell you the story about Scarpe the Njalsson when he was in Iceland and he was dying because he was under this log on fire and he pulls out this molar and he whips it into Thurl Thurlson's eye? No, I don't understand most of what you just said. Oh. Oh, Jason, did I tell you that Billie Eilish got bangs? What's a Billie Eilish? L-A-S. Welcome on back to From One Dad to Another. I'm Thanks. Logan. <laughs> every time. <laughs> Literally every time. I know. And I'm Tim. Uh, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> and we are chatting with Anna McLean, who clearly uh, cannot condone our yeah. ridiculousness. Yeah. She's like, I'm just going to sit over here and be quiet and let these two idiots do their thing. Let us work it out. Uh, Anna, you're sharing some wonderful insights um, about both your love of comfy pants 
and um, <laughs> being a, a wonderful and loving parent to two children, one with a limb difference. And uh, we were talking in the first half uh, about, at the end of the first half before we took a break, uh, about how the world will view her. And we're talking about um, normalizing that. And you had some interesting uh, thoughts to share as well while we were on our break uh, about you know, uh, perceiving how um, people and children with limb differences uh, use prosthetics. Do you want to bring that up on the show? Sure, sure. Um, so, you know, Sylvia, our, our daughter, she's still little. Um, she's only 19 months. So, you know, she's starting to use her motor skills, mm-hmm. like her fine motor skills a little bit. You know, she she eats with a utensil. She, you know, but... Um, but uh, a lot, a question that has come up a lot, especially like through close family members or just people in general, is like, "Oh, when will you get her a prosthetic?" You know, or yeah. or something of that sort. And um, and it's very interesting because, as I mentioned, like through our journey, uh, we've connected with a lot of adults that have a limb difference, and um, and it's really interesting to hear the you know this idea that a lot of times a prosthetic is seen as more like for other people than for the person who would potentially need them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I thought that was really interesting. And, and that's something that, you know, as we, as we go through this journey, like I want to make sure to give Sylvia the space that she needs to make those decisions on her own. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I know like there's this woman on Instagram that I follow um, and she talks about how when she was little, her parents like forced her to use a prosthetic and she hated it. And, you know, and it was just like it kind of became this battle and prosthetics are not cheap. Um, yeah. You know, I've been looking into them and they're not cheap. So I can see why the parents would be like, hey, we paid all this money, like put it on, you know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but uh, but at the same time, it is meant to be a tool to assist the person to do something that they want to do and not just maybe to appease other people or to make it more comfortable to look at. You know, it's maybe it's more comfortable to look at someone wearing a prosthetic than just, you know, having like a missing hand. Well, or, and I can also imagine that there's a, that for for that child or for that person who is is using um, a prosthetic that that there's a learning curve involved in learning how to use it um, and which may or may not actually improve things for yeah. them it might not even be comfortable right it sure. might not be comfortable it might not necessarily make things easier if they've already learned how to, to how to do things in a exactly. way that is is good for them but, you know, there's also other people that, you know, and, and as everything, you know, nothing is black or white. You know, there's a lot of different shades of gray and everything. And, you know, like there's probably people that use them to feel more comfortable around mm. other people. You know, mm-hmm. they may may not want to get be stared at or, you mm. know, or, or um, you know, and I can see that part of, of the equation, too. But I think as... People, you know, as we try to become more inclusive and more diverse, just kind of having that in mind that not everybody that is missing a limb necessarily wants that prosthetic or mm. needs that prosthetic. I think, like, right. to me, it's, it, it's been, like, an interesting learning point for me, um, you know, as I as I learn more about, about this. Hmm. Very interesting. Something I've never thought of before. Again, Again another thing. Yep. But uh, I feel is really valuable just to keep that perspective in mind. Um, well, and I, I think it, it brings up that larger uh, idea of we as people have a tendency 
to assume things yeah. about about what other people want or need and sometimes without asking them or without actually finding out mm-hmm. if our assumptions are based on anything real or if it's based in you know what makes us comfortable exactly um, and and that's a, that's one of those those things that we constantly have to challenge ourselves to um you know, to kind of fight back against, uh, kind of challenge those those assumptions. For sure. I really love that as a takeaway, Tim. I appreciate that insight, that uh, that idea of making assumptions. And I feel often like uh, I work very hard to fight against my own assumptions, but sometimes we'll do it unconsciously or subconsciously, mm-hmm. something I don't even actively think about. Yeah. So that's definitely an area that I feel I could grow in is, is being a little more aware of when I'm making um unnecessary and appropriate assumptions, mm-hmm. um, even on a, a base level, even if I'm not interacting with somebody, you know, what does my initial impression or reaction say about my assumptions for yeah. them? You know, really interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I also mentioned this post that you shared um, that, that initiated our conversation about you coming on the show. And it was specifically about representation in an Abercrombie kids ad, yeah. right. Uh, and a model with limb differences. And your post was specifically around whether that campaign felt performative or not. Could you talk about what that means to to have performative representation? Sure. And, I, you know, I think like now, you know, there's a lot of dialogue about, you know, brands maybe taking this whole movement of like inclusion, like, you know, and, and maybe doing things without you know just for the the for the clicks or for the you know feel mm-hmm. good versus like really coming from a a place where they mean well you know sure. i i guess that's what i what i mean by performative like is it like do they really you know like why are they putting a child with a limb difference you know yeah. like is it is it really because they mean well or is it just to get those clicks or you know to get those views or whatever it is um but i guess like you know looking at it deeper um, and I think what I put on my post is that I, I guess like I don't really want to get into that. You know, sure. I think like yeah. for me, the fact that my daughter potentially at some point will be able to go online or go. There's also like an ad in Target just this weekend. I saw a big ad like Oil of Olay or Olay, the the brand for creams yeah. um, is making an adaptive um, cream that you can open w- uh, with a limb difference. And they have a model. Um with a limb difference and uh in the ad it's like a full page ad on the new york times um so um so anyway i like for me it's just like really cool because you know even my daughter now she's a toddler she doesn't really talk but we have a book of a little girl that has a limb difference and like the other day it was so cute she kept pointing at the little girl's arm (laughs) because her arm is just like hers and she notices that you know she notices that that little girl in the book looks like her and that's like huge because if you look and it, it's kind of like, you know, like, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago when there were like no black dolls and like there was like that right. whole movement to like make black Barbie dolls or, you know, like it's like the same thing. Like you want to feel like you can see yourself in the toys you play, in the ads you see. And, and I think having that representation is huge and just like, for me, it, it, it just means a lot. And, you know, I guess who cares if it's performative? Like, I don't know. I feel yeah. like we do have to like, look, look well, beyond and I that. Guess, I, I guess that's, you know, that's, that is challenging to, to take a look and, and start 
when you start questioning someone's uh, motivations for why they are doing something, especially on something where you can't actually really get an answer, then maybe that's a kind of a fool's errand, you know, just, you know, accept that, hey, here it, it here is some representation that was previously missing. So the reason for it maybe matters less than the fact that it exists exactly uh, at all. Um, no, I think that's I think that's really neat. Um, the uh, so I have a uh, I have a granddaughter who is uh, very nearly your daughter's age. She was born in February of 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 twenty twenty, so she's only two months older. So as you were as you were describing her, kind of looking through the books and and learning how to do all this stuff, I was imagining uh, I was imagining Maeve uh, kind of doing the same things and you know, looking for things that are familiar and looking for things that are comfortable and making those connections and looking for things that are, that are really, really neat. Yeah. Uh, And that's, uh, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think the other thing is for, you know, for other parents of like, able-bodied children, you know, buying these books or having books with kids that look different is definitely important as well for their kids to see, you know, that there are mm-hmm. other different kinds of bodies and other different kinds yeah. of kids, or maybe not everybody looks the same. And, um, and having that representation as well at, at homes for, you know, just like everybody. Well, that, and that's, that's a really neat point, right? So representation isn't just for the people who are being represented. It's for everyone, you know, so to be able to, to see a Barbie doll that looks like you is great, but it also to be able to see a Barbie doll that looks like someone else—that's kind of cool too. Yeah. Right. And uh, you know that that idea of of representing to everyone. Uh, For sure. That's, that's really neat. Yeah. I, I love it. And one other follow-up question that I had on representation is: Do you feel like it's changed the way that you perceive uh, limb difference? I mean, do you? Do you see it more places? Is it something you're more aware of now? I feel like when something enters my life, I gain a new awareness and appreciation for it. And of course, you have just from the research and learning that you've done. But yeah. how has it colored your view on on the world and and other people? Oh, for sure. I I, I definitely feel like I'm, I'm like more hyper aware of that. And and I think in general, just like disability overall, I feel like I I've definitely. I, it has really opened my eyes personally, um, you know, and just looking at things like, you know, like I really notice now what places have, you know, like like automatic doors or, you Ooh, know, things sure. like that, uh, that, you, exactly you know, that, I mean. that maybe yeah. you don't notice or maybe you don't see and then you start noticing, you know, yep. and um and, you know, and the, the the reality is that, you know, like, I think all of us or I don't know, I, I can't remember this exact statistic, but like most of us are going to have a disability at some point in our lives. Like, oh. um, you know, and like a lot of us, like, you know, it's when we age, but some of us, you know, like people get in accidents. Like, and it, I think like just talking about accessibility overall, I think for me has been a lot more important like you know and and I feel like I've been reading more and I've I've just like become more of an advocate uh, for just overall like disability rights I guess that really interesting that resonates with me in a way I wasn't expecting so I really appreciate coming on the show and sharing this Um, that idea that at some point 
probably the majority of us will experience disability in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, I had never really thought about that, but of course that's true. Of course that makes sense. So thinking about how that affects other people and how it will affect you at some point in your life, if you do not, uh, have any experience with that in your life currently. So, um, really incredible. Uh, one other thing I want to bring up is, uh, you mentioned some resources. Um, the lucky Finn project is a fantastic one. Is there anything else that we, as parents who don't have direct experiences with limb difference should be aware of or should consider as we move forward? Well, um, I, I follow like, um, a lot of different ones, but there's like this, uh, in, this woman who has a blog, um, she's on Instagram and she's called like, I am possible mama. And, um, <laughs> and she, uh, she actually has a limb difference and has two little boys. Um, the limbo foundation is the one that sends the, the, the adaptive tools for the bicycles or the scooters. Yeah. Um, and then also there's this book, um, it's called, um, when Charlie met Emma, uh, that I actually bought right after our 20 week ultrasound and I read it to uh, our then three year old son, um, just kind of to prepare him about his little sister. And it's an amazing book. And it talks about how different is not sad, bad, strange, or weird. Different is different and mm. different is good. And it's just like, I feel like that's like, just like a phrase that I always use, um, you know, with, with my son and just little kids in general, like it's just a great phrase to like live with. Um, you know, that different is not sad, bad, sad, or, or weird. And um, and anyway, the woman who wrote that book, um, she's written another book. So uh, there's a second book called Awesomely Emma as well. Okay. And it's based on her daughter um, who has uh, limb differences. She, uh, Her daughter, I think, is um, she's in a wheelchair. And, um, and I think she is missing her two legs, I believe, and maybe one hand. And she has a blog, and it's it's a really interesting blog, and she has an Instagram account that I follow. It's called This Little Midgey, and uh, the mother's name is Midgey, and um, and it really it's it's just a it has really great insights about um, you know about what's going on. And then Nicole Kelly also uh, she's a speaker, right? And um, and she has a blog as well, and she has a bunch of YouTube videos. Um, she actually has some funny ones. Um, she was hired by. Um, a prosthetic company to post videos of her trying to use the prosthetic and that, you know, that learning curve you were talking mm -hmm. about. And she's like trying to cut an onion with her prosthetic. And it's just really funny yeah. uh, how she's like trying to do it. It's all on YouTube. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty great. And um, she like drops orange juice because she can't open the orange juice. And it's, it's really, it's just great. Uh, but, uh, but I guess like those are some resources. There's a ton of different kids books and just, um, you know, all different uh, blogs and things like that for sure. I did see on Nicole Kelly's website, she has uh, a whole section entitled Bionic Hand Videos. Yeah. Uh, so, there's a, so, so there's some really interesting stuff uh, on there that you can uh, that you can find. I saw you were already doing some research. Yep. So. Yep. I think it's I think it's really, really neat. She has a she has a bunch of things on there. That's fantastic. Tim, anything else that we need to cover? Um, I have one question. So when I was at Lionbridge this weekend, I did have a beer named Sylvia. Is it named after your daughter? Yeah, All it is. Right. It it's is. really good. It's really, really good. Yeah, and we, we actually, uh, a few years ago, we did an Aldo beer for my yep. son. And uh, so we have an Aldo and a Sylvia, and they're both uh, they're both sour beers, and they're meant 
to age or they can mm-hmm. age. So the idea is that hopefully when they're of age, uh, they can try their own beers. Uh, oh, that's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's fantastic. I love that so much. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm like, I need to make a beer for Maeve that she could drink when she turns 21. There you go. Actually, yeah. when she turns 18. I'm going I'm, I'm to let her have a beer when she turns 18. <laughs> <laughs> With parental supervision. Right. right. Well, grandparental supervision. There you go. There you go. I like it. Uh, Anna, thank you so much. Thank for you. On the show. Thank, thank you. Thank you, very you for much having for, me. For coming and sharing with us and, uh, and also watching us babble for a little while there. And letting us talk about one of our favorite breweries yes. in the entire world. Yep. Oh, so. thank you. Thank uh, you. Oh, absolutely. And thank you, dear listener, for listening to another episode of From One Dad to Another, our weekly parenting podcast, all around growing as parents uh, and and, it, and talking about comfy pants and beer, I guess. New episodes every Wednesday. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and hey, if you like this show, if you're interested in supporting this show and helping it grow, consider subscribing to LAS Plus, our premium subscription service. It's only $10 a month. It gets you ad-free versions of this show and all of the other LAS podcasts. There's bonus episodes. Bonus episodes. Discounts at live events. We have two live events coming up. Yeah. Um, if got, you're one, li- got one. What would be today? If you're listening to this episode on the day it comes out, come to, which is tomorrow for tomorrow, us. Tomorrow, but today. But today, uh, November 10th. Come to Stillwater Coffee from 5 to 7 p.m. We will be there recording a live episode of Friends with Marketing Benefits. With We're Elizabeth Von Presley. Elizabeth Von Presley. Talking AVP. about branding. Uh, talking about her developing her personal brand, how that's impacted Stillwater Coffee's brand. It's going to be great. And then on November 19th, we'll be at another local brewery, mm. Thu Brewing. Yeah. Uh, historically Inaccurate, we'll be doing a very fun show there. Uh, there's going to be punishments and wackiness and all of that comedy history <laughs> love that you, you adore so much um so come check that out and support that and las plus subscribers get discounts um to beverages at both of those events uh i think that's all i have for us i think that's all you have for us i think that's all we need i think we have everything that we need <laughs> anna thank you again for coming on thank the show. you so much thank you have a great night and uh everybody we'll talk to you next week bye The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit laspodcastnetwork.com. LAS.